Well, good morning. Uh, I love that, um, just to be able to hear and see some of the differences of how our kids grow and what they see. And, you know, I don't know why Jack's favorite thing about us is that we let him play Mario Kart, but that's what that is. But, um, man, we are excited, like Austin said, just to get to be together this morning. Uh, there are more chairs in the back, and so we've got a lot of people come in. So if you don't mind, if you're at a table, you might scoot over, and we can bring Brandon, if you don't mind, grab those chairs. We make sure people get a seat. It's awesome to see so many people here. Um, what I'd love to do uh, this morning is we're going to kind of do Parent Connect like we normally do. We'll, we'll be in here for a few minutes together, have some equipping uh, time, and then we're going to break off. And so if you are a parent of a preschooler or elementary school age child, you're going to stay in this room, and you'll meet Pastor Austin, Miss Katie. Uh, if you're a parent of a middle schooler or high schooler, we're going to head out um, into the atrium, everyone you want, and grab the information from somebody else later, okay? Uh, so that's kind of our plan this morning. You've got a lot of information at your table. Uh, Austin's already alluded to some of that, so feel free to go through those things. We wanted to give you that content that way so we could spend spend more time this morning talking about some of our information. And so let me pray for us, and then we're just going to jump right in. Father God, we love you, and I thank you for all the parents in this room. Um, hearing those children on the video share what they're thankful for in their parents is just such a blessing. And we pray that in this room, and I pray for the moms and dads who are here, that every day they're in the trenches of trying to help their children love and know and follow and live for you. Lord, I pray that they would see the fruit of that borne out in their lives, that they would do the hard work now, the long nights, the long days, just faithfulness and opening your word and bringing the church and, and wrestling and conversations and pointing their children to you so that as they grow up and grow older, they can know you and love you and follow you. Lord, we pray that that happens even this morning as we take time to open your word and talk about what it looks like to parent for purity, Lord, I, I pray that anything that's unnecessary or unhelpful, that, that you would just take it away, and I pray that you'd be glorified. I ask that the gospel would just be on display here this morning and in the lives of our parents as they go back home today and around the lunch table. And Lord, I, I thank you for all of the adults who serve and students and, and kids' ministry. Even right now, we get to be in this room as adults and enjoying and investing one another because there are men and women who are giving of their time and giving of themselves right now to show Jesus to our children. I just thank you for them and ask that you'd bless them and bless their families for their service and their pursuit of you. Lord, we love you and it's your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So our, our topic this time is parenting for purity. Uh, and if you're a parent, which if you're in this room, I'm assuming you are a parent or caregiver, this is a major topic for us. This is something that you think about. Um, it's, it's something that we kind of wrestle with. My children are all younger. My oldest one's six. And begin to think through, okay, what does that look like for those who are young? And then once you get into the teenage years, it's on, right? Especially when it comes to this topic. And my hope this morning is that as we work through these things, we want to give you resources to be able to help you. We've got some books and things that we're going to give you this morning we want to kind of give you some objectives and goals and tools. We're going to give you some support uh, areas and focuses so that you can grow in these things. So we want to be very practical. Uh, but first and foremost, what I hope happens is that God begins to change in you maybe what your definition and expectation of what purity is. 
because this is what he's been doing in me. And so here's what I know as a parent. Um, A lot of the things that we kind of expect to see happen with our children don't line up with what actually happens with our children, right? You guys with me on that, even coming into parenting? Um, When my wife and I, before we had Jack, you know, we would see families out and we would see children or we'd be around our couples who had little children and uh, just thought, man, this is going to be awesome and it is awesome, but they're sweet and they're cuddly and just what a precious thing this family is going to be. And I had in my mind what it was going to look like to be a parent. And I can remember that first week bringing Jack home uh, from the hospital, and we got back on a Sunday, and I was turned on the TV, turned on a message, and so I was watching one of my favorite pastors, and I'm sitting in the rocking chair holding my firstborn, my new son. He's just staring, you know, with sweet, loving, adoring eyes back into the eyes of his father. like, this is what parenting's all about. And then he threw up all over me. And that, and that, in that moment, as I'm covered with his projectile vomit, I'm realizing what I thought and what is actually the case is very different. And so I've got some adjusting to do. And I think when it comes to talking about purity, uh, we a lot of times kind of get off focus um, or maybe even have expectations for what that should be. But God actually has a lot to say about the idea of purity and and again, we're going to get into the practical things, but before we can parent for purity, we have to understand what purity is all about. But thankfully, Jesus tells us what purity is all about, right? And so if you have a Bible with you, we're just going to look at one verse, and then we're going to talk about kind of how we begin to parent for purity at every stage of life. And then when we break off, we'll get even more specific for teenagers and for younger children. What does it look like for us to begin to parent for purity? So if you turn uh, to Matthew chapter 5, and we'll put the verse on the screen in case you don't have a Bible with you. But Matthew 5, verse 8. When we think about purity, a lot of times we think about shame, we think about guilt, we think about mistakes, we think about safeguards, we think about sex, we think about all these different things, and we think about what we don't want our children to do, what we don't want them to see, and those things aren't wrong or bad, but Jesus defines what purity is all about in this verse, and this is what he says, blessed are the pure in heart. Why? For they shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. So Jesus doesn't say, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will avoid sexual sin. Or blessed are the pure in heart, because they'll overcome temptation. Or blessed are the pure in heart, because they don't have lives of regret. What does he say the purpose of purity is? Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. So here's what I want us to think about this morning. Here's the big idea, and it'll be up on the screens for us to kind of wrestle through. And if you take anything away this morning, this is what I want you to think about. You can go ahead and go to the next screen, Brett. Parenting for purity is not an attempt to help our children avoid guilt, shame, regret, and mistakes. Now, do we want them to avoid guilt, shame, regret, and mistakes? Anybody in here want that for your children? Okay, a few of you raised your hand. Hopefully all of us, right? We want that. But that's not the goal. Parenting for, for purity is first and foremost a commitment to the glory of God. Parenting for purity is about seeing God, about loving God, about knowing God, about savoring God. Because here's what we know from Scripture is that when God is our delight, 
he is the greatest satisfaction on the planet. The, the momentary joys or pleasures that come from sin do not compare to the satisfaction and joy that's found in Jesus Christ. Amen? So, so parenting for purity is not about avoiding things. Parenting for purity is about pursuing something. It's about pursuing God. It's about knowing God. It's about loving God. And that love for God outweighing a love for sin, a love for temptation. And I think if we're going to be really honest in the room, most of us as parents, we have a lot of regrets. We have mistakes. We have shame things that we've thought, things that we looked at, things that we've said, things that we've done in our past or maybe even in our present. And we bring that into our parenting. In fact, sometimes the reason why those of us end up back at church is because we want to make sure our kids don't turn out the way we did, right? Let's be honest. What I want to encourage you and challenge you this morning is when it comes to your children, help them pursue something better. And that's knowing God, that's loving God, that's knowing Jesus. We, if you look through the Old Testament, we understand that God created us in his image, in his likeness. We were created to be image bearers to the world. That when God made us, we were made to reflect him. We also know that God made sex and made family and made marriage before the fall, right? You look in Genesis 2 and you see in the first union uh, between husband and wife, that it's beautiful, there's no shame, it's God's design, it's good. Uh, we won't take the time to go through it, but you know, if you read books in the Bible like Song of Solomon, you see that, man, all of this, marriage and the marriage bed, it's a good gift from God, but sin breaks that, sin distorts that. But thankfully, Jesus redeems that. And so we know on the other side of the cross as Jesus followers that, that God rescues us from the power of sin, from the bondage of sin. And so if we want our children to avoid regret, mistakes, and shame, and all those things, it's not about just telling them to run from something. It's saying run to someone, and that one is Jesus Christ. And so what we want to do, even this morning, is say the most important thing that you can give to your children when it comes to this issue is Jesus, is the gospel, is God. It's not just what new blocker do we need or what kind of software, what, none of those things are wrong. I'm not saying that. We'll talk more about that. But the most important thing is that we would help our children love and pursue God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. So how do we begin to parent for purity? Here's what I want to do is kind of get really practical. So if that's the goal, if that's the aim, if Jesus is the aim, if knowing him, if seeing him is the aim of purity, how do we do that? So here's three quick ways, and then we will go into our breakout sessions, okay? So the first one is this. How do we parent for purity? The first one is avoid purity traps. Avoid purity traps. A purity trap, um, by my definition, because, you know, we just enjoy making up things, so I, I made this up. So purity trap. These are some of the things that we as parents or leaders, we often fall into when we think about purity. That we often run after instead of run after the better things. So three really quick. Here's the first one. Uh, trap number one is pursuing an end instead of means. When it comes to purity, we think about an end instead of a means to an end. So here's what I mean by that. A lot of times we see purity as the goal. 
The goal is that our children would be pure. The goal is that our children wouldn't look at that. The goal is that our children would not have sex outside of marriage. Our goal is that our children would not get a divorce. And those are good goals to have. But when it comes to purity, when we think about the Bible, purity is not the end. It's a means to an end, right? The end is God's glory. The end is loving Jesus. The end is living a life that magnifies God. And so purity is not the goal. God is the goal. And pursuing purity is a means of pursuing God. Again, think about what Jesus said. Blessed are the pure in heart. Why? Because they will see God. And so one of the traps for us and tensions that we face as a parent is we think about purity as the end. We just want our children to arrive here. The goal is not that they would just be pure. The goal is that they would see God. Here's the second trap. Arrival versus pursuit. That we think about purity as an arrival versus purity as a pursuit. So this goes along with end and means. So a lot of times we think of purity as an arrival. You, we have our checkbox. I don't want my child to do this, 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 and this. And if they make it there, then they have been pure. Here's the problem with that, though. And I don't want to be a Debbie Downer or a defeatalistic or anything like that. But how many of you as parents made it to adulthood without making any mistakes? Any hands in the room? None of us, right? And so when we see purity as an arrival point, what happens when they mess up? They haven't arrived. We can't get there. And so it's not about arriving at something. It's about pursuing someone. It's not about arriving at a point. It's about pursuing someone. It's not about arriving at something. It's about pursuing someone. So in the successes and in the failures, it's about a pursuit. Like One of the greatest, I think, tools when it comes to a parent, and we talked a lot about this at our last Parent Connect when it comes to uh, discipline, is that when our children fail, and they do fail, every time they do, we have an opportunity to point them to the one who never fails, who died in their place for their failures. And so purity is not an arrival, it's a pursuit. And in the mistakes and in the failures, it's helping them pursue the right one. We want to help them avoid mistakes. I'm not saying we don't want to. I don't want my children to fail. I don't want my children to fall. And hopefully, when you think about your kids, there won't be major ones. But we know they're not going to make it to their life unscathed because they have sin and they're broken in their heart. And so purity is not about an arrival. It's about a pursuit. And I, I love how the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 3, he talks about, I let go of what's behind and I strain forward to what's ahead. Think about the Apostle Paul. He had a lot of regret in his past, right? I let go of what's behind. I strain forward to what's ahead, the upward call of Christ Jesus. We want to help our kids continue to strain forward and pledge ahead to pursue Jesus Christ. Here's the third trap and tension I think we face. Avoidance versus proactivity. We see purity is about avoidance versus proactivity. Here's what I mean by avoidance. A lot of times as parents, we're tempted to avoid talking to our kids about purity because we want to protect them, we want to shield them, or maybe, let's just be honest, because it's really awkward, right? But purity is not about avoiding the topic. Purity is about engagement. It's about commitment. It's about intentionality. It's about being proactive in that conversation. Um, 
we've done this before in rooms. I won't do this now. Typically, in a room this size, if I ask the room, was the first person who ever told you about sex your parents? How many of you would raise your hand? Usually in a room this size, there'll only be a couple who raise their hand. Usually it was through a friend, through a book, through a video, through whatever else. And I don't know what your story is, but most of the time for us as parents, we haven't done a good job or maybe we weren't parented well when it comes to talking about these things. It was kind of like avoid it, push it back, figure it out, you know, that kind of thing. But for us as moms and dads, we want to see it's not about avoiding the issue because avoiding talking about purity and talking about bodies and talking about sex and all those kind of things. And I know it's even awkward to be in a church and me to even say these words, right? You know, so there's kind of some tension in the room. I can't believe he's talking about that. When he said he, we were talking about parenting for purity, I didn't think he would go there. But that's what we're, we're talking about. But it's not just about that. But for us as parents... You and I have the opportunity of holding out what is actually true to our children. Because the world and culture feeds our children lies when it comes to this. Lies about what their heart needs, lies about what feels good, lies about what they pursue. You get to be the truth speaker in your home because you carry the words of truth, right? And so we want to be the ones who are leading our children in these conversations. And we're going to talk about how to do that when we break out, especially some of your, you have preschool children. It's like, how do we begin doing that? We're going to talk about how in just a few minutes. So those are a few of the traps and tensions that we face. We see purity as an end instead of a means to an end. We see purity as an arrival instead of pursuit. We see Purity is something, a topic we try to avoid instead of one that we lead through. We don't want to go there. So we want to avoid purity traps. Here's another way we parent for purity. It's by intentionally and strategically developing a God-centered worldview. So if you want to parent for purity, intentionally and strategically develop a God-centered worldview. I won't take the time to read it, but if you go to Deuteronomy 5, or Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 7, it's this charge that God gives that we're to love him with all our heart, all our soul, all our strength. As parents, we're called that this would be on our heart, but then we are to diligently teach these things to our children. And here's, here's what I want you to think about. If I, as a parent, talk to my child about purity only in the context of don't do this, don't look at that, don't go here, don't think through these things. What am I using to motivate them? I'm using fear. I'm using um, this is what you want and you're going to have a joyful life if you do that. I'm, I'm motivating with all these different means. But at the end of the day, I'm just telling them, hey, do this, don't do that. And um, I, just, I work with teenagers. Telling them do this and don't do that a lot of times doesn't work in the end, Right? And so if we want our children to pursue purity, we want to uphold up something better. So let me say it a different way. If you want your child to pursue purity, you want them to know God and have a God-centered worldview. This is what it looks like. If you want your child to pursue purity, you want them to have the foundation understanding that God is holy, that God is pure, that God is untainted, that God is beautiful and that he's love. We want them to know the story 
that God sent his son to die for our sins, for our impurity, for our brokenness, for our shame, for our guilt, in our place. If you want your child to live a life that's pure, talk to them about Jesus and what it means to find their identity in him, who in the eyes of God, they're made righteous, that their sin is taken away, that when it comes to living their life for influence, they can live their lives for the glory of God. Here's what I'm trying to say. By helping your children know and love God and understand the word, it gives them a reason to pursue purity because they're pursuing someone instead of something, right? Because we can all be talked out of pursuing something. What we want to do is help our children pursue someone. So one of the ways that we do that is through the family discipleship plan. Like if you've been using this, you know that in those preschool and elementary years, there's not lessons on purity. But as they know who God is and understand their part and what God has done through the gospel, and they begin to understand their identity of what it means to be in Jesus. Now they have a reason to pursue purity because they're not pursuing it to stay out of trouble. They're pursuing it to know and love God. There's a guy named Matt Papa, and he talks about if we want to fight sin and run for sin, the way we do that is not about avoiding sin. It's about pursuing a greater pleasure. In Psalm 1611, this is what the psalmist David says, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there's fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And so the way we help our children pursue purity is by creating a God-centered worldview. And a worldview is the lens in which we see life. And so when our children begin to see all of life in light of who God is and what he's done for them, it motivates change. And the Holy Spirit changes us as they become Jesus followers. And so we want to avoid purity traps. We want to set God in front of them. Again, blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. And the last thing I'd say before we break is this, is to help our children pursue purity is to parent from purity. If you want to parent for purity, that begins by parenting from purity. And so I think that plays it out, itself out in a few different ways. One is that we, adults, speaking to us, we need to model the way. We need to model the way. What are you watching on TV? What music are you listening to? What conversations are you having? Is God's word your delight? Are you on your knees? Are you devoted to a church family? Are you in a life group where a community feeds truth to you? A lot of times we think about what we need to tell our children. What our children need to see is an example. They don't need something else to do. They need an example to follow. If you want something for your child, let God do that work in you and let them see you run after God. And they will want what you have. So one way we parent for purity is we pursue God with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our strength. Another way we parent for purity is we know who we are in Christ. We rest in our position. We rest in what Christ has done. We rest in how he's rescued us, how he's saved us. 1 Peter 1, 13-15 says this to us, Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Listen to this. As obedient children, not talking to children, talking to us, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. 
you want to parent for purity, you have to parent from purity. And I love the, I love the testimony that Paul gives in 2 Timothy 1, 4, and 5. He's talking to Timothy. This is the last book he writes, writing to his son the faith. And he says this, As I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. And think about this. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I'm sure dwells in you as well. I love that verse. Paul's saying the reason that faith dwells in you the way it does is because that faith was first alive in your mom and in your grandma. If we want to parent for purity, we have to parent from purity. And I think another way that's really important for us as parents, and I'm going to, I want to close with this. I know this is kind of hard, and it's one of those things where you as a mom or dad, you have to decide what's appropriate and when it's appropriate for the age of your child. But something I would really encourage you to do is, is when it comes to parenting from purity, be honest with your past, with your children, when it's appropriate. One of the ways that we help them see God is we're honest with our failures and mistakes. Uh, there's a lot of regrets I have in my life when it comes to pornography or things that I did when I was, when I was younger. And again, my, my children are young. It's not the right time to talk to them about that. But I want to have those conversations with my son. Not because it's easy, because he needs to know the struggle, the shame, the sin, the regret, and what that does and how Jesus is better. And another reason why we need to be honest with our past is because if we always put on the perfect front, what we do for our children is we make ourselves their savior. They need to know that their parents are broken so that they look for a better savior. And that savior is Jesus, who forgives us, who redeems us, who brings restoration to us. And I'll just say too, again, in a room this size, there's a good chance that, that there is recent or even ongoing sin regret, shame in this room. Be honest with that. Seek help for that. That's part of the body. We fight for purity together in that. And so if there's even things in your life now that are bondage and chains that maybe have held from a long time in your past that you've never really dealt with, or maybe they're even in your present, that's what the body of Christ is here for, to fight for and with one another. And there can be freedom. There can be forgiveness. And the sins of your past or your present don't have to be the story that your children walk in. But before we can parent for purity, we have to parent from purity. So parenting for purity is not about avoiding something. It's about pursuing someone. It's about the glory of God. Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. I want that for my children. I want that for Jack. I want that for Evie. I want that for Camden. I want that for Trip. We talk about the marbles a lot, and we're not going to show any of the sad videos or anything this morning. It's happy, and everybody says, thank you, amen. But the marbles, they represent the amount of weeks that we have. And starting as a preschooler, you have 936 weeks before graduation, 936 Saturdays. And by the time they become a freshman in high school, they have less than 100 Saturdays left. I'm sorry, 200 Saturdays. So it counts down and it goes. And so when we see how much time we have left, we make much with the time we have now. Today, Jesus says, is the day of salvation. Today is an opportunity to pursue him. And so we're going to talk about more what that means in our breakouts and what that looks like. But I just want to pray for you. 
And I just want to encourage you again, before you leave, um, at your tables, in the little baskets, or in the little bags, there's cards. Uh, they're color-coded. Orange represents preschool, blue elementary. The teal is middle school, and red is high school. And what we'd like to ask you to do is just write down the first name of your child and just something you're praying for them this school year. Could even be related to our subject. And our team wants to pray for you and for your child by name. That would be a joy for us, one way that we can partner with you. And we will. All of our leaders are going to gather here on Friday night, and all the cards are turned in. We will pray for you and your children by name. We want to do that. And so I'm going to pray for us. And then if you are a middle school, high school parent, if you'll head out into the atrium, preschool, elementary parents, just stay here, okay? Lord, we love you, and we thank you for this time. We thank you for just the grace that you've shown us in Jesus Christ. We ask that you'd help us to parent for purity, see it as a means to an end and not an end. And we thank you that we don't do that alone. We do it through the power of Jesus Christ and the gospel. It's your name we pray. Amen.